I want to say to you this morning, as a general principle, why, why have you come here? Why have you come? For what have you come here this morning? Do you have a purpose in your heart? Or have you come to be, in a sense, entertained? And you know, there's a pressure sometimes, even in preaching, to entertain the people. Give them a word they like. Uh, now, okay, there's a balance there. You know, we want to prepare a word, we want to feed, we want to encourage, we want to exhort. But we're not supposed to actually entertain people. We're supposed to hear a word and give a word and then they do what they like with it, right? Yeah. And I was struggling whether to share this word or not. Um, but I, I, I think I will, even though a lot of the church are missing. And a few weeks ago I shared a strange word. Um, in a sense, it was, I just discovered myself, her, uh, the existence of a woman called Alice Bailey. Alice Bailey, do you who were here when I shared the last time? And I got feedback, you were blessed. And it was a strange word because it wasn't uh, taken actually from the scriptures and expanding the scriptures. It was about the attack on the scriptures. And uh, it, this woman that is attributed with uh, the one who coined the term New Age, the New Age, the Age of Aquarius, uh, ushering in this New Age where everything's going to be new and different. Sounds great. Some of you might remember Hair the Musical. This is the coming of, and, you know, Nate and I'm like free love and, and, and uh, you know, great love, people, you know, and all that. But it's not. It's not. Because the new age, there's nothing new about it at all. It's old Nick. Bring it, bring it in. All right. And I shared this ten-point plan. And Tony actually said, Tony Broderick said to me, you could have broken it down in two. And there was a lot there. But I realise that what I need to do at least is share God's ten-point plan regarding it, you know, because there was a time to digest it. So, for those of you who weren't here, very briefly I'm going to share what this woman over 60 years ago, 60, 70 years ago, made a ten-point plan, strategy, demonic, it was brought by a Tibetan uh, master through her, to destroy uh, Judeo-Christian civilization as we know it and to, that would usher in the new world order the new world order right? one world government, one economic system and with one religion uh, it talks about that a little bit in Thessalonians about the Antichrist okay? we're talking about ushering in the Antichrist uh, briefly what her plan said, imagine this, and this is what made the hairs of my neck stand up when I you come across a lot of stuff on the internet, but when this woman, greatly used a Christian, she started out as a Christian, they always do, she got offended, she got divorced, she went off she got married, and then she got herself into a big mess, and just as Eve got herself into a big mess, she has been greatly, but incredibly used, and is still being used of the devil, see if you recognize that we talked about the world if you read the newspapers or listen to the news or keep your ears open, see if you recognize that, uh, whether this plan of hers is having any success or not. There's a copy of this evidently in the House of Commons in England and in the United Nations. Her plan over 60 years ago says, one, take God and prayer out of the education system. Two, point two on her plan, reduce parental authority over children. Three, destroy Judeo-Christian family structure. It's, it's, it's uncanny, isn't it? It's like, it's like the, it's what we're living, what we're seeing, what we're, you know. Four, if sex is free, then make abortion legal and easy. This was written over 60 years ago. Her plan, right? Uh, five, make divorce easy and legal. Free people from concept of marriage for life. Six, make homosexuality an alternative lifestyle. Uh, seven, debase art. 
In other words, not just art, great pictures, beautiful pictures, but all sorts of weird things, which you know, I think, yeah, won't get, that's actually to my mind is one of the least of them. But anyway, A, use the media to promote and change people's mindset. Nine, create an interfaith movement, uh, an interfaith movement, put all the religions together. And ten, and this is what really is the sucker punch, and, and it's why we individually need to know. We individually, we've heard about praying uh, for people, praying for governments, the word, the word tells us, but praying for the church government as well. I tell you, he says, get governments to make all these law, and the ch and this is it, and get the church to endorse these changes. Uh, oh, the abortion law. Oh, gay marriage. Oh, oh it's terrible world, isn't it? Oh, that end of Kenny's. Yeah. The church is asleep. The frog, you've, many of you heard that illustration, if you throw a frog into a vat of boiling water, he will immediately jump out and be saved. He wakes up very quickly and he's got about one second to get out. But if you put the frog, and in fact I was going to do this but I couldn't work out how to do it as an illustration as we bring the boiler, and he goes on and you have a little frog and you put him in and he's swimming round, uh, you know, and he's going, isn't this lovely? I praise God and lovely Christian family and everything's hunky-dory. Oh, praise the Lord, Brother John and, you know, and everything. And, but the water's being turned up. Society is changing. And, but you know something, this is, the, this is the big one. And I want to say a word of warning, even though a lot of the church is missing. The, the, what's happening is not the big, bad, ugly devil's going to come to that door. He's going to send agents inside the church. Will you wake up? Will you realize? And the agents are going to turn up the thing. And suddenly we're going to say, it's going to be hot in here, isn't it? And you won't be able to swim. The temperature's gone up, and if you don't get out, there's a moment to get out. There's a moment, right, for change. Just like in the individual life, there's a moment to take up the invitation of Jesus. We've, we've heard it this morning already in the meeting. There's a moment to surrender. No one knows when that moment is past. No one, only God, not even yourself. But as a church now, on a different level, there's a moment when, praise God for the blessing, praise God for the family. Isn't it lovely to have even people come from uh, uh, parts of the family from other places and have the freedom where the Spirit of the Lord, there is freedom. And we want that, but freedom has to be guarded. The real freedom has to be guarded. And we have to be watchmen, we have to be alert. So this morning, what I'd like to do uh, is a few scriptures. Now, pay attention. Because if I was entertaining you again, you're going, you're the entertainer. But make an effort. Let's go to the, the Word of God. Because when I said that about yesterday, about the sound doctrine, sound doctrine, you know, it's be, it can be replaced. We can't get away from the Word of God. Because feelings, 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 feelings are deceiving. My warrant is the Word of God. None else is worth believing. And the Word of God will be diluted. I was at a conference with David Wilkinson about five years ago. I uh, had a word with him actually, uh, over lunch, that's just name dropping, sorry about that. And, and, uh, but anyway, he, um, he said, in the end times, people aren't going to uh, attack Jesus. All right? They're going to believe in Jesus. It's all Jesus. Uh, but they're going to deny who he really is. And you know something, when it comes to religion, people are going to have a form of godliness, but deny the power thereof. And that is going to be terrible. Better to be in the world. Better to be actually, you know, swimming around in that little thing than a cold, lovely, you know, part, rather than, you know, suffering in the one that's been turned off. But we, we don't have to. We don't have to. And that's what I'd like to listen, listen to this. The Word of God says in Second Timothy chapter 3. Listen to this of what we've heard already. Mark this. Second Timothy chapter 3. 
there will be terrible times in the last days. People will be lovers of themselves. Lovers of money, boastful, proud, abusive, disobedient to their parents. You're taking them, what we've heard already. Ungrateful, unholy, without love, unforgiving, slanderous, without self-control, brutal, not lovers of the good, treacherous, again, that's terrible, isn't it? rash, conceited, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God, having a form of godliness but denying its power, saying the right things, going to the right places, having on the right label, but denying the power of a changed life, of a life that goes against the current, of a life that takes a stand for God, denying its power, have nothing to do with them. Church, will we wake up? Will we wake up this morning and realize that there is a purpose in being here? Every time you come in, you should learn one thing that makes you more like Jesus and less like the devil. More like who you're going to be in eternity and less like where you've come from. Alright? Um, they are the kind who worm their way into homes and gain control over weak-willed women who are laden down with sinned, sins, like that woman, Alice, Alice Bailey, and are swayed by all kinds of evil desires, always learning but never able to acknowledge the truth. Just as Janice and Jambres opposed Moses, so also these men oppose the truth, men of depraved minds who, as far as the faith is concerned, are rejected. But, will, but they will not get very far because as in the case of those men, their folly will be clear to everyone. You however, he's talking to Timothy, now isn't it important that we pass on sound doctrine? As is a lovely testimony from our sister from Castle Bar, someone passed on to her the message, right? And she talked about her grandmother talking the scriptures. You however know all about my teaching, my way of life, my purpose, my purpose, faith, patience, love, endurance, persecution, sufferings, what kinds of things happened to me in Antioch, Iconium and Lystra, the persecutions I endured. Yet the Lord rescued me from all of them. In fact, everyone who wants to live a godly life in Christ Jesus will be persecuted. While evil men and impostors will go from bad to worse, deceiving and being deceived. But as for you, continue in what you have learned and have become convinced of, because you know those from whom you learned it, and how from infancy you have known the Holy Scriptures, which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. All Scripture, Scripture is God-breathed and useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting and training in righteousness, so that the man of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. In the presence of God and Christ, who will judge the living and the dead, and in view of His appearing and His kingdom, I give you this charge. Preach the word. Be prepared in season and out of season. Correct, rebuke and encourage with great patience and careful instruction. For the time will come, and I believe we are in this now. And I believe we're, we're more in this now than we were in a year ago. I, re I really feel this. I've never been a great one for saying the Lord's coming back tomorrow uh, and, 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 and the Antichrist is... I've never been a great one, but in the last year or two, yeah, it's, I, it says, for the time will come, and I believe we're in it, when men will not put up with sound doctrine. The, we're more in this than we were five years ago. We're more in this when... Uh, it, it, it's almost... Could I say Friday? When men and women will not put up with sound doctrine. Instead, to suit their own desires, they will gather around them a great number of teachers to say what their itching ears want to hear. They will turn their ears away from the truth and turn aside to myths. But you, and you dear people from River of Life this morning who are hearing this, maybe this message is for you. I've struggled over whether to share it this morning or not, but maybe it's for you. And if it's for one person in particular, it's worth it. It says, um, but you, 
And I would say, starting with me, keep your head in all situations, endure hardship, do the work of an evangelist, discharge all the duties of your ministry. Hallelujah. For Paul says, I am ready, being poor, I am already being poured out like a drink offering, and the time has come for my departure. I have fought the good fight, I have finished the race, I have kept the faith. I have kept the faith. Now there is in store for me the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will award to me on that day. And not only to me, but also to all who have longed for his appearing. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. The word of the Lord to us this morning. They will come a time when they aren't going to be interested in sound doctrine. And even 10 years ago, 15 years ago when I read that, it was over there. It was out there. It was some kind of sect. It was, but it's getting nearer. It's getting nearer. And I want to go through God's 10 points. We've heard of Alice Bailey's 10 points. I want to go to him because she has a plan, or the devil has a plan, to bring in this new age. God has a plan to bring in a new heavens and a, and a, and a, and a new earth. Hallelujah. Through the plan of the gospel. The gospel. And he sounds great, and we, 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 we reach that off, but believe you me, brothers and sisters, is every day it's getting more complicated, even inside churches, to really believe, that, to know that you're receiving the gospel. Sound, biblical, balanced, uh, the, a workman approved, rightly di dissecting the Word of God. So that you get a balanced diet, you get the vitamins. You, at first you get born of the Spirit. Secondly, you get the, all the baptisms necessary, but then you get the diet to go on and grow up to be the person that God wants you to be. You fulfill all the potential. It's getting more difficult. We have something good here, but we want to get something better. And it depends on each one of us to really pray and watch. So God's ten points this morning, briefly, to counteract there's many things you could say on that. Remember what she said 40 years ago? So I would say point one. Remember her? Take God and prayer out of the education system. So simple. Put God and prayer back into the education system. Now you can say, well I'm not a teacher, I'm not in government. Okay, we should pray. And it's beginning with me, pray more for our governments. But, but, that's, but on, a, on a practical level. You see, someone said, we can't do everything, but we can do something. And there's a great tendency, because we can't do everything, we often don't bother doing anything. And that's not right. Because God isn't going to judge us with uh, why America went to hell. But He is going to ask you a judgment of why your family went to hell. You understand? So, we, because we can't do everything, doesn't mean we shouldn't do something. So, the, what I'm going to say is some doctrinal things, but also some very practical. For example, on that one, put God and prayer back into the education system. I, you work, don't you? Take the opportunities. You know, what God gives you. I had a, and even the littlest, we heard of the mustard seed today. There was a little opportunity I had on Friday. I had a group of school children, actually I hadn't thought of educational system. Now, they were looking around Clonmac Noise, where I worked. And I had them out there, and, they, and I was getting them going, and keeping them in order, and, you know, and everything. And then we come to the cross of Scripture, so I took the opportunity to say, does anyone know any Scripture? And like a good... Uh, class of Roman Catholic educated young Irish they went, huh? Huh? except for one black girl isn't it funny how God is one uh, black girl and she, she sa I said does anyone know John 3.16 and she recited in front of all the kids she was only about 8, 9 and I said give her a round of applause so I used that moment and I was as I walked away at the end of the tip it says keep on learning the scriptures so you never you know just let's years ago I was walking down the street in Spain and there was a, a church which had a great blessing and there was two little uh, girls went past me and I heard them learning a scripture on the way to uh, 
the, the Bible class at 5 o'clock in the afternoon on Wednesday and it struck me that scripture was going in, right? And even Paul tells about, you know, how he, Timothy heard the scriptures from an early thing. So let's, and th- this has always uh, struck me. And, and John mentioned actually, it, it is a blessing to have the, um, the, the scriptures on the walls. But maybe not only on the walls of the church. What about on our walls at home? You know, having something. I have an idea, God will see whatever happens. I do a bit of stonework and to do stone carving. And maybe scriptures. Set in stone ministries. That's registered. Okay. Now, whether that happens or not, get your orders in quickly. Alright. Now, Deuteronomy 11.18 says, Deuteronomy 11.18, Fix these words of mine, says the Lord, in your hearts and minds, tie them as symbols on your hands, and bind them on your foreheads. Teach them to your children, talking about them when you sit at home and when you walk along the road, when you lie down and when you get up. Write them on the door frames of your houses and on your gates, so that your days and the days of your children may be many in the land that the Lord swore to give your forefathers. So get the scripture, get get truth in. Get truth in early. Get truth in early. Two, what have we heard? Huh? Reduce parental authority over children. Now these seem simple things. It doesn't seem end of the world things. It doesn't seem Armageddon things. But you see what's happening. Break down the family. Break down the the inner man and you've got the world. Step by step. So I would say parents take control of your kids. Begin here. (laughs) Make your kid obey. How many times do you hear this chaos? No, in church, in the house of the Lord, let your children be quiet. Alright? In in the world we live in, when I was being brought up, you heard, spare the rod and spoil the child. You'd get locked up for that now. And and that's changed so much just lately. Alright? Spare the rod. It comes from, because it's Judeo-Christian culture, there's no Christian country, there's cultures which aid and abet people becoming Christian. So remember, it is worth fighting for the Ireland you know. It is worth fighting for the Irish constitution when the president is trying to change it. Because that is like changing the roof. It's like taking the roof off. Imagine now, let's put it this way, the constitution. You say, well, that, what, what's that got to do with me? It's them, isn't it? The door, yeah. But imagine if you went home now and someone had taken the roof off your house. Would that affect your life? When the crows and the air and the rain and the snow come in? Sure it would. So we, the, so we live under a constitution, like we have a constitution in, in the church which we live under, the rules, the laws, that gives order, that gives stability. That's why we're to pray you know, for peace, so that the gospel can go out. P- you know, so Richard Wormbrand, one of my heroes when I was a young Christian, uh, a persecuted pastor said, he, 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 he's the one who could really criticize America, if anyone could, because he was tortured for Christ, didn't. Because he says it's easier to get someone to a gospel meeting here than it was in Romania. So let's value what we have, but let's don't take it for granted. Because one day we might make a wake up and it's not there. Right? So, children obey your parents in the Lord. So if there's any children listening to me this morning, and you're having a hard time with some of your parents, learn the scriptures, and then you can say to mom, the, the Bible doesn't say that. Dad, you know, okay, we won't get a, yeah, alright? Nowadays they are on the child line. Have you had anyone say, I'm going to phone child line? Joel used to have a good line in that. They hear about it. And in South Africa, where that video came from, we showed two weeks ago, you know, they've gone to an extreme where the parents have no real authority. Government has taken it out of them. This is, and this is part of the plan. The strategy, the demonic, satanic strategy in the world in which we are living. In the world which you go out, when you go out of that door and you start to read the newspaper, listen to the news or have that conversation. Destroy parental authority. Alright, so three. What did she say? 
dear Alice, not in Wonderland or Thunderland, Alice in, in Hellland, uh, she said, um, three, destroy the Judeo-Christian family structure. So I would say support family, encourage family. We have the Holy Family, right? Many Catholic churches used to be called the Holy Family. Mary and Joseph and Jesus, you know, a family. Family is of God. Family is not from any society or any politics, right? It's of God. And it says in Psalm 68.6 that God takes the solitary and puts them in families. Isn't that lovely? First Timothy 3, 4 and 5. This is the biblical answer to that. First Timothy... Let's quickly get it for you. First Timothy three, four and five tells us that for a man to be an elder in the church of God, he must manage his own family well and see that his children obey him with proper respect. If anyone does not know how to manage his own family, how can he take care of God's church? And then in 1 Timothy 5 and verse 4, it says, If a widow has children or grandchildren, these should learn first of all to put their religion into practice by caring for their own family and so repaying their parents and grandparents. For this is pleasing to God. Right? If anyone does not provide for his relatives, and especially for his immediate family, he has or she has denied the faith. Family is of God. The family is the core of society. Right? We know all families aren't happy, happy families, but God has put us in families and we are to defend the family and, and, and promote it. Four, what did she have to tell us on the plan which is being worked out as we speak? Point number four said, if sex is free, free love, then make abortion legal and easy. I would say be involved. It's, it's happening as we speak in Ireland. Prayer and, if necessary, protest. Last Saturday I went up with uh, myself and Tony Brundle. We made the effort to go up to Dublin. I could have been somewhere else. I wanted to be in two other places. But we actually went to protest. A vigil. To make yourself known. To be present. Right? To be active. As outside you see pro-life, pro-woman, pro-baby. You know? So, so free sex. Sex outside marriage. Break down. Get pregnant. And then there's a solution anyway. This is what we're living. This is what we're seeing. This wasn't here when most of us were kids. This is happening right now. So be involved. Praying and, 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 and get... Uh, <clears throat> God is the author of life. God hates, number five, God hates divorce. He said, number five, make divorce easy and legal. Free people from the concept of marriage for life. Phrase came to me looking at this, a wife is for life. <laughs> you, know, you know, dogs are not just for Christmas, they say, and a wife is for life. And it's, it's amazing how this concept has changed, even in our lifetimes, isn't it? Um, I always remember there's a, a, a guy in my, the block where I lived in Spain, and he was getting married. Paco, I said, big step, big step. He was getting married. And uh, he said, looked at me and said, ah, not now. He said, there's a way of fixing things now. now. In other words, yes, it was a big step 20 years ago when there was no divorce. But now we can, it goes wrong, we can fix it. You know what happened, of course. He was divorced in two years, I think. Yeah. So, God hates divorce. And Romans... 7, this is God's antidote I'm giving you, God's plan, God's 10 point plan to society in Romans 7 book of Romans 7 1 to 3 do you know, not know brothers for I am speaking to men who know the law that the law has authority over a man only as long as he lives for example, by law a married woman is bound to her husband as long as he is alive. But if her husband dies, she is released from the law of marriage. So then, if she marries another man while her husband is still alive, she is called an adulteress. But if her husband dies, she is released from the law and is not an adulteress, even though she marries another man. A return to the Bible. 
This has been broken down to get a biblical perspective and teaching on marriage. And can I tell you something? There's probably few things in the life of a pastor of a church which are more thorny and more problematic than this. Because things happen as we know. But I, I'm saying, you know something, when fear goes out the window, I'm talking about godly fear. Uh, the, the, the fear of God is the beginning of wisdom. When people don't fear, they just, they just lay, lay around, they do everything. But if you knew, if you knew you were getting married, and someone said to you, if your pastor said to you, you know, you get married, what is marriage? It is a public confession, a public a confession, not private, public declaration of taking that man or that woman as your married uh, as your husband and he said you know, as we say in the vote until death us do part and when that is consumed when it's a legal marriage biblically speaking we, we're not going to get into this now but there's many scriptures which say the only thing that breaks that bond is death the physical death that's not popular anymore and we'll, we'll get scriptures and we'll do this and we'll find way out but if someone told you unless on t when you've made that that declaration when you've taken that vow you are making a lifelong commitment until you or he or he or she dies people wouldn't get married so quickly we talk about not to be entered into lightly people say when you, a good thing is people come to get married you should say what are you getting married for and the usual response is because I'm in love I didn't ask you why are you getting married I'm asking you what are you getting married for you understand there should be a purpose because actually we, have you noticed how many people are in love and they get married and love goes out the window yeah, in fact if you get married because you're in love it's probably better not to because that's you know, I, but how many you look at it you look at Hollywood they've got everything they've got no problems they're in love they get married and it never lasts more than about two or three why because they didn't have a purpose in that marriage being in love is not sufficient reason for getting married and I would actually say if you want to stay in love in love you know the chemicals thing probably better not to get married now before I get too much trouble we'll go on to the next point I said I'm not here to entertain you this morning but listen good counsel how many people regret not having good counsel before they took that step if we get back to the book but really get back to the book with fear and trembling knowing that I will give account to my creator that not to the society and not to the trend but I will give account of what I've done with my body to the one who made my body right because when you see when you, uh, on the abortion thing people think the baby belongs to the woman he doesn't belong to the woman I didn't cry four kids I didn't create any of my kids I didn't cry, how can I create anything I can't you know <laughs> I walk past cars and the mirrors fall off okay that's a, but how can I create a baby no way and you know God is the creator when the baby's in the womb the owner is God but people don't see this you see they're blinded and my preoccupation is now more and more I'm seeing this come into the church in Ireland it's interesting cultures are different in Ireland there is a culture against abortion isn't it funny there's a culture the man in the street the dog on oh, the dogs in the street no, the, 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 the ordinary man in the street is. Uh, but when we get to the next point homosexuality it's funny it's gone under the radar it's gone under the radar it's slipped in and the devil's like that you know we used to have a thing in Spain there was a thing about the gypsies they said if they don't get you on the entrance they get you on the exit you know so you know the the devil is like that and you're fighting the devil there and you think you're great I got all my act together and he's coming up yeah and that's what we need to you know because we don't war against the flesh our battle is against heavenly spiritual powers and just like the air is coming under that door I have a vision sometimes like you know if you have steam or something and it comes in it filters in and my call with this is a wake-up call to us all wake up before the water is turned up and, and you go to sleep and you dine in because that, that's where we're living that's where we're living in 
Okay, so and that's point number six. What does old Alice have to tell us? Make homosexuality, this is, and this is really topical in Ireland at this moment. Make homosexuality, and this is 60 years ago. Yeah, 60, 70 years ago. Make homosexuality an alternative lifestyle. It wasn't up to 10 years ago. 10 years ago, 5 years ago, it was an abomination for the man in the street to think of gay adoption. Yeah, two men or two, uh, taking a little baby. It was an abomination. It's in, it's in there. It's in there now. We, the, the Irish government have legalized gay adoption before they take the referendum on gay marriage. Do you understand? You, that's where we're living. Hello? That, talk about the cart before the horse. They are actually legalizing gay adoption before they are actually having the referendum on whether... Uh, yeah. And uh, it's not just people out there. There's an attitude. Mark my words. It's coming into the church. Because people do not rightly dissect the word of God. They take compassion and love and care and whatever. And they get their, knickers, their spiritual knickers in a twist. You see, it's got nothing about, it's got nothing to do. If a church rejects a person because he comes in and goes, Hey, hey my name's Julie, what, you know, that because of a lifestyle, that they, they, they've got no reason to call themselves a New Testament church. We are here for the sinners. Amen. And the biggest ones sit at the front, don't we, John? Yeah, you know, Paul began as a, the least of the apostles and ended up as the chief of sinners. It hasn't got nothing to do with that. It's got to do with what God says. If God says it was alright to, to, to have same-sex marriage, I wouldn't have a problem. Because he's God, he's the boss, he's the creator. But when he says in his word, and I quote and, uh, in his word, Romans 1.21, when God, if the Bible is the inspired word of God, he says, for although they talking about society, they knew God, they neither glorified Him as God nor gave thanks to Him, but their thinking became futile and their foolish hearts were darkened. Although they claimed to be wise, they became fools. The fool has said in his heart, there's no God. God doesn't see. I'll get away with it. Fool! You won't! and exchange the glory of the immortal God for images made to look like mortal man and birds and animals and reptiles. We don't have images here, do we? Right? But I tell you, you are being worked on by the media 24-7 to change your perception of this. And, okay, who would like to... Uh, who is willing in their workplace to stand up and be called homophobic? <laughs> You know what, they, it's, um, I was talking to a, a Christian politician or Christian value politician and he said there's a legal term for it, it's called chill, chill, put the chill on somebody. And you get, a, you get a word, you invent a word, right, you bring it into vocabulary and, and it's like leper. Uh, you know, and that's that's the way the devil works. You see, there's a force, and what was an abomination in society even ten years ago has become accepted, and there will be a time when we have to stand up and be kind. I ask you, are you willing? Are you willing for someone to to look down at you? Uh, I, I think I told the story here before. Before the last elections, I was on the platform in the post office working, and. Uh, a guy, lovely, lovely Christian guy, loves the Lord. He said, John, who should we vote for, for president? Now, I wasn't, I wasn't willing to tell anyone I was going to vote for Donna. <laughs> okay, but, yeah, that's a joke. Oh, you know, but I looked around and I saw who was on the platform and I made a split second decision. I said, and I know what I was saying, I said, I don't think it matters who you vote for as long as it's not for David Norris. And this big burly Dubliner, John, you're not homophobic. And, and I, I, I ate him. I said, Shane, you know, why did I eat him? And he understood, because 10 years ago, now I'm not judging him, but 10 years ago his stereotype would have been talking about queers and this and that and the other. But now he'd completely changed and he'd, he'd be he'd, he'd hook, 
line and sinker. You know, I don't mind him having a view. I don't mind him if, he, if it was really him saying to me, John, you're not homophobic. But he was just passing on what he'd heard. And the PC, political correctness. Well, we don't think of political correctness around here, do we, Germanists? PC means preach Christ. Is that right, brother? Hallelujah! <laughs> you hear about the guy who, you know, he saw PC. He was a farmer in America. PC was drawn in the clouds. And so he decided to sell all his farm, get everything, and go off and be a traveling uh, uh, evangelist. And after a while, not, no one got saved. It wasn't a success. And he said, I don't know what's happened. I was in my field one day. I had a great farm. And I saw PC in the clouds. So I gave up everything. I sold up everything. And I went off. And look at me now. I've got nothing and there's no success. He said, brother, PC men plant corn. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Okay, <laughs> so we have to get we have to get wisdom how we get, interpret dreams and visions. Amen. All right, so that's Romans, First Corinthians. Uh, oh, sorry, I didn't even finish. Yeah, that, like the old Scottish preacher, some say that sometimes I lose my subject, but never my object. Now, what's the object? Therefore, God gave them over. It's God gave people over to sinful desires of their hearts, to sexual impurity, for the degrading of their bodies with one another. They exchanged the truth of God for a lie and worshipped and served created things rather than the creature, sorry, the creator who is forever praised. Because of this, God gave them God now we're talking about the devil, we're talking about satanic, but God has created us as free moral agents. We're created in the likeness and image of God. It's God when he sees the corruption is coming in, when man allows it, there's a tipping point, a tipping point. God gave them over to shameful lusts. Even the women exchanged natural relations for unnatural ones. In the same way, the men also abandoned natural relations with women and were inflamed with lust one for another. Ten years, fifteen years, twenty years ago, it gets even worse. People would say, I know what the Bible says, uh, but I disagree. Right? I know what it says, it's clear, but I disagree, I'm not going to take. You know what they're saying now? The Bible doesn't say. The Bible, and mark my word, you'll probably, if you keep your ears open, if you read the things, the Bible doesn't prohibit homosexuality. And if you think that's crazy, what I've just said, you just stick around for a while. Hopefully not around here. But that's what's coming down the line. The Bible doesn't say. The, media, the art, we know, yeah, things are piles of bricks on the floor and Andy Warhol and all that. Anyway, the media. Use the media. Use the media. This is a big one. This is, affects us all. If you have a television, you have the internet, if you buy magazines and everything, the media is out to change. It's, it's interesting how sex is brought into everything. As I showed in that, vi showed in that video, to sell an ice cream, you why do you need a woman with a bikini to sell an ice cream? And you're seeing more of the bikini and the woman than the ice cream. You know, it's because sex because you need to get in the mind. You need to get the ice cream inside the head, right? Uh, before they buy it. So sex and it, on one level, but so the media is changing us. A big one, you know, a lot of people don't realize are the soaps. Why do, why do people, why are they called soaps, soap operas? Because they began in America where people were doing the washing up and, and looking at, and at the television. Huh? They got hooked, the housewives got hooked on it. And they were, they were putting more soap in the washing up. The soap people were paying for the films, you know. And they, that's why they were called soaps. But I think of another thing of soap. It actually greases, doesn't it? Soap allows it in. You imagine it was only about five years ago, six years ago, the first homosexual kiss on Coronation Street. Now you can't have a soap opera without, without uh, the token homosexual. You know what I mean? So the media. My own daughter is a journalist. And she, she saw me watching the news a few years ago. She said, Daddy, what are you watching the news for? It's all a pack of lies. What? I couldn't believe what she said. So even that, you see, you have to watch them all and make your own mind up, which is the truth. Don't you? Yeah, get, a, get a balanced diet even in the lies. <laughs> and ecumenical. 
the ecum- uh, she said one world um, what did old Alice say she said create an interfaith movement right an interfaith movement all religions lead to Rome all religions will you know there was, wasn't there a scene with Opera on there, Opera Winfrey, very influential on the video, showing us there's a million ways to God. No, there's a million ways to Christ, but there's only one way to God. And just as well, the gay lobby, what they've done, they've taken homosexuality out of the, the other sins and said, that's one thing, but this is different. And so what, instead, and that's it, where if Christianity is just another religion, if it is just another religion, then yeah, put it on a par with Hinduism, Buddhism and whatever. But we don't believe it is just a religion. We have Judeo-Christian roots. This is our culture, our tradition, and it's not just a religion, it's a relationship and it's what we believe is the truth. The Gospel, I am the way, the truth and the life. Nobody comes to the Father but by me. Jesus said it, I believe it, that settles it. Uh, there was a guy, once a flat in, in, uh, in Spain, he was helping us uh, when the girls were small and he read the Bible. One morning he was waiting for me to get ready and he was there, he was reading Revelations and he suddenly started laughing. I said, Ray, why are you laughing for? He said, God should have put at the end of the Bible, like it or lump it. <laughs> yeah. and, and in a way, yeah, you either like it or lump it. But you see, the problem is, the devil will try to change it. And that's what, that's what we're living in, he will try to change it. And I finish with the last point, and this is, the last point there is very, very important. He says, get governments to make all of these points law, and get the church to endorse these changes. We are meant to be salt and light. We are meant to stand up and say, stop, even if it knocks us down. Right? We are a city set up on a hill, you know, whose light cannot be hidden. But if the church shuts up, as someone said, all it needs for bad men to triumph is for good men to say nothing. And we're going out with the shelter. Praise God. The word is going out. There's a program to go out on the streets more and more. In the will of God, in the way of God, right? In, in the time of God, right? And we want to go out and bring people in to the love of God. But we have to realize that this is warfare. Do you understand? This is warfare. I'll probably get attacked for sharing a message like this. The devil doesn't like it. He doesn't like being uncovered. And as I say, in the end, what will happen, what's happening with the interfaith movement, with the world church, etc., is not denying Christianity, it's just changing it. There was a girl talking about the soap operas, uh, very experienced missionaries went, uh, I knew in Spain, the son got married and went to Bible college. Sorry, no, he got married and his wife, his new wife, went to Bible college. And so maybe it wasn't, you know, decisions, so important, maybe it wasn't the right thing for her at that time. So he was off working sons of experienced missionaries. She was the daughter of uh, very successful church uh, pastors. This was in California. She went to Bible college to get a degree or a certificate. In the break, she'd come down and they had a, a recreation room and they'd, watch, she, they'd just turn on the television and see the soap operas. And uh, because she'd been brought up, it's interesting, in a Christian household, she was very protected. She hadn't dis- de- uh, developed the immune system of hard knocks, etc. She actually just believed, which is great. She was naive, she was gullible. And she saw the soap operas and she believed them. She thought that was reality. She hadn't been immunized to them, you know. And she ended up, after a year or two, getting divorced from her husband. Right? That's a true story. Yeah. So, brothers, sisters, let's be awake, let's pray. I know this is not the nicest of message to hear in some ways. It's not meant to be entertaining, it's meant to be constructive, instructive, and a warning of the waters, not which we're going to enter, but which we are already in. May the Lord bless it to us, and use it, and if you're that frog, jump out quickly. Let's just bow our heads in prayer. 
Lord God, I thank you for this, this message. Lord, because it's the second half. We don't want to give glory to this satanic, demonic plan. But we don't want to be unwise either. Because your word says, my people perish for lack of knowledge. As we speak, Lord, we are living in a society where we see daily this strategy being uh, un unrolled. Lord, it affects each and every one of us. And it affects us as a church body. Lord, one or two or more points. So Lord, we lift you up this morning that this word would not return to you void. You have promised it won't, Lord. We know you have the victory in the end, Lord. But we are living in the middle of the battlefield. And the devil who cannot defeat you will try to defeat us. Lord, we know that those who you have called, you have justified. And those you justified, you, you, you are going to glorify. We are safe in you. But I pray, Lord, that we can be used as ambassadors. Ambassadors of the truth. Lord, as, as the lies permeate society and infiltrate even your church, that they would not come into this building. They would not be allowed to prosper. And that, Lord, we would not be ignorant. We would not die for ignorance. And I pray that this brief overview this morning will be taken and used. And we would all be looking for the good of one another. We would be looking to correct. We would be looking to save one another as we see one another going off. We lift up the leadership of this church, Lord. We lift up Trevor and Diane's arms that they would be men and women of the word to such an extent, Lord, that their love and compassion and goodness, Lord, would be so grounded in the word that this body would be built up. It would be equipped for every good work. Lord, it is not easy to direct a flock. It is not easy to lead the sheep into green pastures. And we realize, as I said in the first part of this study, that the enemy is out sowing and the enemy produces weeds. The enemy sows weeds in the middle of the tares, in the middle of the wheat. And he, is, he doesn't sleep. He doesn't rest. He comes at us 24-7 through the arts, the media, or the press, Lord, for the breakdown of the family. All these points we've heard this morning through changing lifestyles, from putting chill factors on words, from fear. But you have promised us, Lord, that we are bold as a lion. And I pray, Lord, that you'd raise up a generation, Lord, in this church, as we go out to the streets, as we go out to give them shelter, we would actually be really be able to give, bring people in from the cold, in from a pointless, purposeless, uh, empty existence, and that we would be truly filled and equipped to give them the bread of life. That taste and see that the Lord is good would be a real living, a real promise in this place. And many would come. Lord, they come from all the different lifestyles, all the different sins, all the different... Uh, we don't care. We want them to come in. But we all be, can be washed in the blood of the Lamb. Each of us will be washed in the blood of the Lamb because the gospel is the power of God unto salvation. He that knew no sin was made sin for us that we might become the righteousness of God in Him and only in Him. And only in Him. In the name of Jesus, Father, we ask and pray that you add your blessing to this word and that it would bring forth fruit for your honor and glory. And everybody said, Amen. Thank you very much.